treating people right is not about business policies. It's not about rules about how you run your business. It's not about sticking to the letter of the law. It's about truly caring for the person on the other end of the email and treating them with respect and with generosity like our God treats us. Live your faith, build your business, and change your world. This is Live, Build, Change. Welcome back to the Live, Build, Change podcast. I can't express how grateful I am that you take the time to listen to this show when you have so many options. There's so many good resources out there to help you build a business and to help you understand what I focus on, which is the online marketplace and how you can establish some side income and really make a difference in your own life and in the lives of others through that business. So I really appreciate and take seriously the fact that you are investing your time in this. It's one of those commodities you don't ever get back. And I hope that the reason that you invest your time in this particular show is because of the focus. My focus is not just about making a lot of money and having a happy life. My focus is on authentically living your faith, your faith in Jesus Christ, first of all, as the foundation for then building a business. But it doesn't stop there. We're living that faith and building that business and integrating the two to change the world in significant ways. And that's not some overblown pie-in-the-sky dream. That's a very practical thing that I believe can happen if you're serious about integrating your faith and your business together in ways that honor God, because He blesses those who are about His glory. And I think you can do business and your faith together in a way that does bring Him incredible amounts of glory. And that's the kind of thing that I'm trying to focus on here in this podcast. So I'm so grateful that you're here. So what are we going to talk about today? Well, it has to do with an experience I had with a company that I've been a customer of for many, many years. And I wanted to highlight the experience I recently had with them in an issue that we had that came up with our account as we were requesting some changes to be made. And the reason I want to highlight it is not because they did anything wrong. In fact, it's exactly the opposite. They did almost everything right from my perspective. And I don't know that the founders or CEOs or anyone behind this company are believers in Christ. They may be. But the attitude that was expressed is the kind of attitude that we as Christ followers should be expressing in the way that we run our companies. You see, I think we have an incredible advantage in the way that we can run a business because we have the spirit of the living God who lives within us. And he cares about the people of the world to such a great degree that he not only sent his son, but he also authored a book to tell us how to live life. And it's an incredible generosity that is demonstrated through what God has done for us in those two ways. And because that spirit lives in us, we now have that attitude within us. We have that resource to draw from in building a business that is so generous and so concerned about the people that we serve. Because you see, it's easy to think of people out there, you know, those generic people out there. But when you 
see an interchange like what I'm going to describe to you today, you're going to be able to see that treating people right is not about business policies. It's not about rules about how you run your business. It's not about sticking to the letter of the law. It's about truly caring for the person on the other end of the email or the other end of the phone call and treating them with respect and with generosity like our God treats us. And so that's the setup for where we're going. The company that I dealt with was Geico, the insurance company, you know, with the lizards and cavemen on their commercials. By the way, I think they have some of the funniest commercials out there and they do a great job at branding themselves as this lighthearted, fun, easy to work with company, which is a different topic. But I want to walk you through an email interchange that I had with some Geico representatives about this issue. Okay, so here's the situation. We were adding my youngest son to our insurance policy as a driver because he just got through with his whole permit process and now has his license. And so I had called Geico, set up him to be on the policy, and they sent me these emails saying that we could get this good student discount if we could supply documentation for Caleb's academic status, his his grades, in other words, had to be higher than 80% of the average. And so if that was the case, he would be able to get this, this good student discount, which would make our rate lower. Okay, I'm all for that. Let's get a lower rate. Um, Caleb is a good student, so I knew there would be no problem. And so what the little catch was, was that Caleb doesn't go to public school. Caleb is homeschooled. And so we don't do regular report cards. We do standardized testing at the end of the school year. But because we live in the state of Colorado, the law is that homeschool students need to take those standardized tests every other year. So every odd year is what they're supposed to take. Well, Caleb did take a standardized test at the end of his ninth grade year. And that was the last one we had on record. Well, I'm dealing with Geico here in 2016, at the end of 2016. So it's been well over a year and a half since he took his last standardized test. And he's not due to take another one until the end of this year, which is his 11th grade year. And so I didn't have anything else to offer them. So what happened is I sent in that test, a copy of it, and I did all this via email and I explained the Colorado law. I explained why it's the most recent one we have and that we really don't have anything else to offer them as proof that he's a good student. I also highlighted, and this is not to brag on Caleb, it's just a fact of the situation. I also highlighted that Caleb scored as a student in level 13 of school would have scored. So he he scored not ninth grade, he scored 13th grade, which is freshman year in college. And so it's no doubt that Caleb is is a good student, Okay, so, which is the whole point of the thing. And so... I want to read to you the first email that I got back from Geico. It said, Dear Carrie, thank you for providing Caleb's test scores to us. Unfortunately, we are not able to accept this document due to the dates. In order to receive the good student discount, we must receive current documentation to reflect Caleb's academic status. You can provide updated documentation that meets these requirements to us in a new email at this address. Please make sure it's a scanned copy, blah, 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 blah. Thank you for the opportunity to assist you today and for using our online services. Okay, so that was their initial response. And my response to their initial response was this. I said, what other types of documents are acceptable? 
The state of Colorado does not require Caleb to test every year as a homeschool student. So we didn't test him last year. In short, we have no other test scores except for the ones I sent you. As you can see on that report, Caleb scored at the level of a student in 13th grade, his first year of college, when he was in 9th grade. It's not inconceivable that he's still that type of student, is it? We simply can't prove it with test scores that we don't have. Is there no way to get an exception due to the circumstance that we have no scores because our state doesn't require them in even-numbered years? That was my response email. Well, I got another response back from Geico. And let me say this, all these responses happened within like 30 minutes. I mean, they were right on top of this, which I, I really appreciated. It says, Dear Carrie, we apologize for any inconvenience and frustration you've experienced due to not receiving the good student discount. We'd be very happy to clarify. For homeschool students... The testing must have been completed within the last 12 months to be accepted. So they're telling me a company policy that they have. We understand Caleb has scored well above his own grade level and how exciting that must be as a parent. See, I, love the, I love the encouragement they're giving there. However, we're unable to accept these scores since they're from July of 2015. And then they go on and tell me kinds of testing they can receive. If he hasn't taken one of these recently, once he does complete any of them, please submit the scores and we'll be happy to apply the discount. And that's basically what they said. They're basically saying, no, we can't do it for you. And so I felt like kind of giving it up at that point, but I didn't. I sent one more email and I said, we won't be doing any testing until the end of this school year. But then he'll be done with school because he's graduating early. It's unfortunate it has to be this way since the issue is that we've complied with state law and therefore can't comply with your rules. I'm typically so happy with Geico. This is disappointing. Thanks for your help. See, I was kind, but I expressed my disappointment because to me, logically, they could make an exception in this case. Okay, then I got back my final email from a guy named Reginald. And I just want to say thanks to Reginald. I assume he's a manager or something like that. But Reginald from Geico, thanks so much. He said, Dear Carrie, congratulations to Caleb on his upcoming early graduation. We received your online request regarding the good student discount. And we apologize for any convenience you may have experienced. You're a valued policyholder and delighting you is our highest priority. We welcome the opportunity to assist you. No further documentation is needed at this time. Based on the information you provided, we have added the good student discount to your policy, your new premium amount, blah, 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 all of that. We hope this is helpful. Thank you for the opportunity to assist you. Sincerely, Reginald. Now, do you see what Geico did? This guy, Reginald from Geico, listened to me. As the customer, he didn't just spout company policy, which they did in earlier emails. And I get that. Sometimes you have to stick with the rules. But in this case, he took the time to care about the person on the other end of the email, which was me in this case. He took the time to listen to our circumstance, why we don't have test scores. He took the time, maybe he researched it online, that Colorado actually doesn't require you to take testing on even numbered years. Maybe he did that. I don't know. I would like to give him the benefit of the doubt that he did. You know, maybe he verified my story, but the fact is he listened to me. He understood the circumstances and he even listened to my argument. He listened to my reasoning instead of just sticking to the black and white of a policy and saying, nope, can't do it. And to me, that is an example of what it means to love a person on the other end of an interchange. You see, he wasn't so concerned about the issue. He was concerned about the person in the end. 
And he did make an exception to company policy, to corporate policy. And I don't know how GEICO is structured in terms of what authority is given to managers and and employees and, and customer service people. But obviously, Reginald felt like he had the authority to just sidestep the policy and say, yes, we'll apply the good student discount. I'm sure he included the paperwork in our file and all that kind of stuff. And he may have even included a note in the software to say why he applied this. But the fact of the matter is somewhere in the Geico culture, there is this belief, this sense that employees need to be empowered to care for their policyholders. And like he said there, you're a valued policyholder and delighting you is our highest priority. That's exactly what he wanted to do. And that's exactly what he did do. Here's my response to him. I said, hi, Reginald, and thank you. I would not normally be so persistent, but we really have no other option. I appreciate that Geico has our best interest in mind and believes the best of us as longtime customers. I'm a business owner myself, so I know how powerful it is to treat the customer properly for the sake of ongoing loyalty. And that is what you've done for me in this interchange. You've increased my loyalty to you. So way to go. Thank you again. See, I wanted to let them know I get what they're doing and I appreciate it because it's the right way to do business, to build that relationship with your customer. And you know what it's done for me? It has caused me to say to myself, and I decided I'm going to say this to my family because there's there's me, my wife, two daughters, a son, and there will be another daughter eventually who's a driver in our household. And we're all on Geico insurance. And I'm going to say to them, we are sticking with Geico, or at least I am. As you guys become adults and you go out and do your own thing, you can do what you want. But here's why I'm going to stick with Geico. They have earned my loyalty because they've demonstrated to me that they care about me. And that is the way business should be done. Businesses should not be expecting customers to stay loyal because they've been with them for years. Because we've been with Geico for probably 15, 20 years. But I'm loyal to Geico because of the way they care about me. I really believe they care about me. This interchange with these customer service people and finally with Reginald convinces me that this company, someone at this company cares about me. And you know how that happens at a company the size of Geico? It happens through an ethos. It happens through a culture. It happens through establishing core values that are behind every policy and behind every interaction. And then it goes beyond that. It happens through training of employees and and especially the higher level employees like the managers, like Reginald. I assume he was a manager. You know, the training has to be effective so that people get the culture. People get the core values and they agree with them. And that takes us one step further. It's not only about caring for the customer. It's not only about training employees well. It's also about hiring well. You can't hire core values. You have to be able to interview the people and see that they have the same core values as you. You can't really train those. If someone's kind of apathetic about customers, if someone's a stickler to the rules and doesn't see it any other way, Man, that's a bad fit for your company if you're wanting to delight your customers, like Reginald said. And so I want to applaud Geico. I want to applaud Reginald. I want to applaud the ethos that's there in the company. I want to applaud the way they've trained their employees and the way that they've hired the kind of employees that can provide the things that Geico obviously wants to express to their customers. I am a satisfied policyholder, and I will stick with Geico for the long run 
as long as this kind of service continues, because this is what a company should do. Now, moving on from there, let me ask you a few questions. As you think about establishing a side business of your own or a company of your own, getting it off the ground, your main motivation at first may be what I've talked to you about a lot in this podcast, and that is building sources of side income to help relieve the stress of your monthly budget. Okay, so that could be debt or medical bills or things like that that are that are kind of hovering over you. Okay, that may be your primary motivation right now, and that is okay. But what I want to encourage you to start thinking through is this whole issue of culture, this whole issue of core values behind the business that you're going to be doing, because your business will function best and will be sustainable over the long haul as you develop core values and culture that are all about serving your customers well. And as a believer in Christ, I think behind that needs to be the idea of love. Because customers are not just generic people on the other side of an interchange. Customers are people for whom Jesus Christ died. And whether they are believers in Christ yet or not, that is irrelevant at this point. We are to love as believers in Christ and as business owners, I believe we are responsible to ensure that our business is interacting with people in ways that love them as individuals. Does that make sense to you? It's hard to think of a a corporation like Geico loving people. Geico is not a person. Geico is a company. But whoever is behind Geico has taken the time to build into that company some core values that have to do with delighting their customers. And the reason they do that is because they know a couple of things. They know, first of all, people deserve to be loved. They know, secondly, people who are loved respond well to love, usually. Of course, there's dysfunctions and people that don't respond well to love. But generally speaking, the majority of people are going to respond well to you if you treat them well. They also know that treating people well like that fosters customer loyalty. So they're able to retain customers instead of having to go out and seek new ones to replace ones that got disgruntled with them. They're able to retain customers and build the business over time because of this whole ethos that's going on behind the scenes. And as it oozes out to the customer in interactions like the one I've I've walked you through, that company is going to grow. And I just love this example. It was a wonderful experience for me in the end. And I was happy to share it with you because it's a great example of what should happen. And as believers in Christ, as I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast episode, we have a leg up on this thing because we have the spirit of God in us who loves people more and better than anyone else on the planet. And he's in us. So we've got to learn as business owners, as entrepreneurs, to see our customers, our clients, as people worth loving and people we are called to love. And we need to examine every aspect of our interaction with our clients and customers. We need to make sure it's infused with love, that our meaning and our purpose and our intention behind every interaction is loving those people. And then we've got to go on to the steps I've, I've kind of highlighted in, in what happened with Geico. We've got to be able to train our customer service people and our people who touch the lives of clients in that same 
core value system so that they know that they are to love the clients and beyond that, that they have the authority to do so. If it means sidestepping a company policy in order to love someone because it seems like the right thing to do, they need to have the authority to do that. And then it also affects how we hire people. We don't just hire someone because they're qualified. Before technical skill, before experience, we need to hire for core values. We need to hire for people who get this thing about loving people. And it won't be easy to always discern. You've got to learn to ask the right questions. But man, when you get the right person who gets your core values, they are going to be the kind of person who will interact with your clients and your customers exactly how they should. I hope this story about Geico has been encouraging to you today. It's a great example. It's one I hope to emulate in my businesses. And it's one that I'm learning more about all the time. I would love to hear your reaction to this story and the things that it brings to your mind about what kind of things need to go into a business and how an ethos of love for the customer would inform the way that we train, the way that we hire, the way that we make policies, the way we develop systems. Give me your ideas. You can do that in the Live, Build, Change Facebook community, and you can find out how to get involved at livebuildchange.com slash FB. I invite you, please come and join us in the Live, Build, Change Facebook community. And one last thing, as I ask you every week, prayerfully think about one person who you believe could benefit from the things you're hearing on the Live, Build, Change podcast and send them a personal invitation. If you're listening to this audio right now on a smartphone or on a tablet or even on a computer, there is a way right there on the app where you can slide right or left or something like that. And you can find the sharing function and you can share either the entire podcast or this specific episode with that person you're thinking about. And you can add a personal note through email or text or something like that. And you can say, hey, Joe, I am learning so much from this podcast. I would love for you to benefit from it like I am. Here's some reasons that I think you might be interested in it. Hey, check it out. I think it will really help you. You see what's happening there? You're giving a personal recommendation, which makes it more effective. And I ask you to do that because you have the power through a recommendation like that to truly impact someone's life for the better. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Live, Build, Change. I hope that you tune in tomorrow morning for the Morning Mindset Edition, and I'll talk to you about some other business-related issues next week.